Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Q, the producer's favorite football podcast. That's right. New theme song. Isn't it? Isn't it? theme song. (laughs) What do you think, Joe? (laughs) It was good, man. It was great, actually. I I stuttered there. No, it's good. good. I mean, how could you not stutter after hearing that slapper of a theme song? It is a slapper. Are you kidding me? 83 episodes in a new theme song. Yeah, and and it is about time. It is about time. When when we first started the podcast and I I made these these little little beats for the show, it's like, Man, I was like, man, this is cool. This is good stuff. But it's like, wow, it gets old and it gets bad. And no, just... I let. I'm gonna miss the old one, man. The old. Well, yeah, we'll miss it. Memories involved, but it, it can be in the yeah the retro. Uh, so the, throw, the throwback, the throwback. Like you know how they have like throwback jerseys and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we can keep it in there. It's 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 in the archives. Yeah, it's we'll archive archives. it. We can archive it. Uh, just a, you know, shout out to. Uh, you know, I got a a friend of mine. You know, we were good good buddies in in high school. Um, he, on Instagram, he's Q dot the producer. Make sure you guys follow him. Make some killer beats. Oh yeah, killer beats. He came Super to good. us. He's like, hey man, you guys need my help. Uh, your podcast is a mess. Yeah, I should clean it up with some fire beats. And we're like. Dude, of course, anything you say. Saving grace, man. Yeah. yeah Honestly, was... we were about to quit. Yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Q, the producer, yeah, the, we might not even have had an episode this week. I know. And I now know. we have a brand new freaking theme song. Yes. Sounds so good. So excited. Mm-hmm. So excited. So shout out to Q to the producer. I think he's got a YouTube as well. Yeah. Joe, what's his YouTube? I think it's John Q on John YouTube. Q? John Q on YouTube. Check it out. Hey, actually... We'll put the links in the description. Will we? That? You better remember. I'm going to forget. <laughs> I'm going to forget. I'll try to remember. I'm yeah. going to put the link into his YouTube in the description. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, just Q dot the producer. Um, not the word dot, but just an actual yeah. dot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, new theme song, Joe. That's new awesome. Song. Uh, how you how you been? How Pretty you been, good. Uh, Demi Lovato got a tattoo of a spider on her shaved head. <sighs> I, so did, that's I was hoping in, we wouldn't talk about That's what's this. in the news. That's cool. Good for her. I don't. Yeah, Demi Lovato. She's nice. What has she's she done? She's even fine. Why to be in the news other than be a little bit crazy? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I agree. I think she needs help, man. Yeah, she does need help. I feel almost bad that I called her crazy. <laughs> feels like some people rude. just need some help. Yeah, I know. But she's yeah. She's in that. She was in that movie Eurovision, right? Was she, she was. Was she oh yeah, that? she was actually. Yeah, yeah. She got blown up. Yep. Good movie. I like that movie. That was that was a fine movie. Like fantastic. I actually quite. We're gonna talk about movies. This the whole entire intro again, eh? Yeah. No. Okay. You want? There was something else that you wanted to talk about. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. We were. How did? How did it come up? We we were hanging out last night. We were, we were talking something about airplanes. And oh, you were talking about um, you were talking about airlines and what airline you flew for your honeymoon and yes. and what have you. It was was it Swoop. I don't know what it was. It, it was, wasn't Swoop, though, was it? It wasn't Swoop. It definitely wasn't Swoop. Probably was Swoop, though. No, it wasn't. We'll swoop. see. But anyways, um, we were talking about that, and and somebody was, and I think Joe was saying uh, how <laughs> um, I was, we, we took, me and my wife took Swoop to, uh, when we went on a trip to BC uh, in July, mm-hmm. 
And uh, Joe is saying, is that the one that, uh, sorry, can you say? I was like, oh, is that the one where they 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 let you fly the plane for a bit? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they don't even have seats. You just like have like the handrails. Like, <laughs> like they, on the subway. Like they do on the subway. <laughs> you just stand and kind of. <laughs> yeah. just, and There's, then you were saying, talking about turbulence. Yeah. And I was, and that got me thinking of when we were on the plane to BC. I was, I've, I've been on um, uh, five, I've been on five planes. Okay. So five. Wow, five Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, I actually went to Africa. So yeah, yes. a while back we I went to Africa. Yeah, did you? We stopped in Paris on the way there, and then on the way back we stopped in New York. <laughs> Anyways, mm. yeah. So just put your phone down Sorry, when you're talking, dude. like when we're just yeah. I was checking the. I cannot. I cannot sit here and have a conversation with myself. It's just unprofessional for you to point it out. Like, what do you want me to do? I was just checking the score of the of the college football. Not college we don't talk about college football champ- well we don't talk about any football when you're around okay well just give it a break then okay just, please i did for, i did okay I carry on with your what were you talking about oh my goodness uh i was talking about how um i like when there's turbulence on a plane i like it when there's That's turbulence stupid no because here's the thing when when we're flying a plane and it is just so smooth and 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 the plane's not moving at all and you can't feel it move at all i start to freak out and i feel like i'm in a simulation <laughs> i feel like i'm in like a completely other i get i panic like it's it feels very odd uh-uh. I, you ever get that like simulation theory like this is not real like you're flying in a plane you go up and you how do you really know you're flying that to wherever you're going you know what i mean well, you don't know you could it's a simulation man so for me it just feels more real when the plane starts to shake a lot that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I've got to say, I'm not gonna lie. It makes me appreciate life more. You don't, you don't, you don't like safety because it makes you feel like it's a simulation. In I, a plane, yeah, that's insane. The, I am, I am gonna, you know, pull pull behind the pull pull behind the curtain, peek behind the curtain. What are you doing to me right I now? I was just telling you to just speak a little bit more into your mic. Okay, just like pull it up a little bit. I'm talk. This is how I always talk into my mic. Well, it looks I'm like we're going to have to record the whole thing over again now. Okay. I'm low-key a little bit scared to fly. I'm, I've am i been on a plane I love many it. times. I don't like flying. I don't think that humans are intended to be that high up in the air. <laughs> when turbulence hits, I immediately assume it's the end every time. It's really? like, oh, here we go. This is the worst it's ever been, and it's really yeah. scary. And, yeah, I hate, I just, you know, once we're in the air for a while, and like you said, when it's nice and smooth, and it's like, oh, whatever, but. Flying to me feels so. Like I get, I, flying to me feels so um, separated from reality. Yes. That it that it, it I'm almost I almost can't be scared of it because I it's like it's like a derealization. You know what you know what derealization is like yeah. feeling like it's like you're not like you're not like, like nothing is real. Allowed. Yeah, like nothing is r- real. It just does not feel real and mm-hmm. and like it should be happening. Like people that fly all the time. Like there's so many people that just fly like weekly weekly yeah. and it's just like a whatever thing for them for me it's a big deal mm-hmm. like i've only flown a handful of times like i could probably i could eat, eat, count on two hands how many times i've flown on a plane uh so for me it's like a it's like a big deal when 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 i'm going you know and i'm flying so for me yeah i gotta like mentally prepare for it mm-hmm. the takeoff takeoff's kind of fun because you go like I, yeah really fast landing hate it Landing's hate it, fun. Hate it, hate I like it. that. You don't like the feeling of being on the ground again? No, that part, like when you're on the ground is fine, but the the thing where you're like kind of you like slowly like drop and yeah. drop and like, yeah. oh, that's my least favorite. I one time was on a plane 
I was like a you know older teenager at this point, and I was freak I was not freaking out like I wasn't screaming or anything. Mm-hmm. But every time it would happen, I was just kind of like, "Who?" I was like kind of uncomfortable, and this little kid was laughing at me, and it was just like a big, <laughs> and it was just yeah, man. Dude, I don't like flying. You know what's funny? I went to the. Oh, this is you're gonna. This is funny. Our our trip, our flight from BC or from Toronto to BC was like four or five hours, something like that. And that was the first time I had ever gone to the washroom on a plane. And my flights, my my combined flights, um, when I went to Africa a while back, were like were like something like thirty hours. And I was my first time. And I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about both. I'm talking about I. I did not even pee. Did you wear a diaper? Yes. The no, I did not. But like the entire flight, man, I did not stand up once on every flight. That's um, insane. To Africa, to Paris, Africa. Just because of anxiety, of New York. or yeah, pretty much. Okay. I didn't even think I was gonna be able to. Like, <sighs> I didn't even have. I think. I think I purposely did not drink any like fluids. I do remember though landing. Um, from Accra in Ghana, in Africa, where I was. Yeah, were you in um, Africa? Yeah, I got the, I got the, I got the shits. I really did. I got <laughs> the serious, and it was, and uh, but <laughs> I, I really kept it in, man. Oh. And then I took, I took, um, when we landed in New York, I um, I found a washroom real quick and just blew that whole oh, thing up. Okay. And then I took, I like overdosed on gravel <laughs> and I took a lot of gravel and then I don't even remember walking through the airport, man. <laughs> like from getting from the airport to getting on the plane in New York to getting in Toronto, I don't remember any of it. I was like blackout. It was bad. Wow. Flying is just, a, sounds like an experience with you. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's pretty awesome. It's incredible. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, would you ever go to space? What? Mmm. I think I would Jeff Bezos it, and I would kind of, you know, kind of go peek, up, peek up a little bit. I would just take a peek, and then I would yeah. come back. The the ISS people, man, kudos to those guys because yeah. they I could never ever live in space. Mm-mm. I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even do the Bezos. If somebody, if somebody literally would come up to me and be like, "For free, you can go to space," I would say no thanks. For free, yeah, I would. You know say. how much it costs Jeff Bezos to go I to would space? Say I'm good. Really? I, I just, think you would change your mind. I wouldn't. I don't want to. It's too... I, I, I don't even like going... I don't... Okay, not that I don't like going on a plane. Going on a plane is fine. But it's like... You're scared. I am... It is a little frightening being high in the air. And be... I just would be so unbelievably scared. And I, to go to space? Do you think of how quickly you would die if something went wrong? I don't care. That's I fine. know. But it's still scary. Yeah. Doesn't matter how quick the death the, is. It's the still takeoff scary. seems terrifying, though. Yeah, oh, those things go up fast. God, the rockets, I just can't man. Even imagine. Why don't they use like slingshots or something? I don't, I don't. I just. I just think you know. I'm. I'm good on the ground. I'm you're, good down here. You're fine down here. I almost. I almost have this figured out. Yeah. I'm gonna just stick with this. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. I'll let. I'll let the other people do this. Do the spacecraft thing. I don't think yeah. I would even go to space if, even if I could do it for free. You let the monkeys. Uh, yeah. Keep space. Shoot the monkeys up in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they can send down reports. They can monkey what around. Do they do? What, do they do with, what do they do with monkeys in space? Well, it, they're just, they have less value than human life. So they send them up there to see if they can survive. And <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. But, but okay. Yeah. Do, they send, do they send like bananas up there with them? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bananas, yeah. Cool. So, 
All right. Well, I think that's about good, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's an intro right there. I think it is an intro. We've got a new intro song. Mm. We got we established the whole flight thing. Mm-hmm. We got that figured out. Wouldn't go to space. Don't like flying all that much. Joe, if you want to go on a flight with Joe, it's going to be an experience. Yep. Uh, he loves it when you're near death. Mm-hmm. He likes that. So uh, we brought Mike back on in on the. I love that we. I say that we brought him back in. Like he's like, he's just a part of this. Yeah, show. like you brought him in. Like yeah. he's just like a guest, but no. he is your co-host. Yeah, he's a co-host. He is a co-host. So we we did bring him back though. He's here. We're gonna talk a little bit of football. We're gonna talk uh, crazy week eighteen. We're gonna talk some Black Monday firings uh, for, for uh, some head coaches across the NFL landscape, and then we're going to preview super wild card weekend in the NFL. So stay tuned for some football talk. We've officially made it through the NFL regular season here in 2021, and we saved the best for last. The NFL saved the best for last, and what was one of the, probably the craziest season I've ever been witness to uh, we had potentially the craziest week, the craziest game that I've ever been witness to, Mike. Week 18 was, I mean, how do you describe the first ever week 18 um, as part of this whole, you know, longest season ever? Yo, Joe, uh, good to be back on the podcast. I would have to say the uh, way to describe it is, as you've already said multiple times, crazy, um, epic. <laughs> What a finale. Um, so oh, much man. to talk about. So many things that I, I felt like I knew was going to happen. And then it happened. And it just, it was so hard to believe. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was just, it was nuts, dude. It was such a fun, like usually week 17, week 18, everyone's resting starters. It's kind of a boring week in NFL this week. Uh-uh. With so many playoff yeah. implica- implications. I mean, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Yeah, it looked like going into the week, like we, uh, like I was talking with Joel and we were texting and I was just saying like the, the games this week look bad. Like there's not a whole lot of good games and it looked like it was going to be a dud. Uh, but early on, there was, there was one specific game and we'll get into that game and we'll get into all the other games uh, during this podcast that really got things going. That, that one game really basically lit the fuse on what, on what was an explosive uh, week 18 in the NFL season. But before we get into all the games and we're going to get into playoff previewing, we're going to get into all that good stuff. We're going to pick the playoff games. We're going to give you one bold prediction for each playoff matchup. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I do want to get into a little bit of the coach hiring or sorry, firings, the exact opposite of hirings. It is, it is Black Monday as we're recording this, which means there's a lot of head coaches losing their jobs. There's a lot of head coaches that have already lost their jobs. Um, and um, we're going to get into it. And by the time you you listen to this, there might already be more coaches that have been fired. So currently, as, as we sit right now, um, we had John Gruden. He obviously resigned uh, during the season. No he, way. There's an, yeah, I'm <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news for the second time on this podcast. He's resigned, so the Raiders have potentially a job opening. Te- technically, Rich Rich Visaccia, I think that's yeah. how you pronounce his name, is Italian, is man. currently the interim guy right there. Urban Meyer, he uh, got fired, unfortunately. Rest in peace. 
midway through the season for the Jaguars. He's got an opening there in Jacksonville. Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio was the first official hire, uh, firing of the offseason, I guess, if you want to say that. And then you had Mike Zimmer getting fired, Matt Nagy getting fired, and then to top things off, the cherry on top, uh, Brian Flores with the surprise firing. There's always one surprise, one or two surprises every year on Black Monday. Uh, the Dolphins, my Dolphins firing uh, Brian Flores um, was definitely the biggest surprise of Black Monday. Mike, what are your takeaways from the early on, uh, the the coaching movement so far here in the NFL? Um, there was a few, of course, that we saw coming. Um when it came to Urban Meyer, which we've talked about before, absolutely saw it coming. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I felt like a lot of people saw it coming. I don't think he was um, let know beforehand, but I think everyone knew in the Vikings organization that you know when you you don't have any uh, success success beyond one or two playoff wins, um, you know you're not going to stay there very long. Especially the way that this season ended for the the Vikings, I believe they went eight and nine, which. Not the worst record, but they could have won so many games and coaching just it let them down time and time again. Um, and then we had, like you said, dang, now I'm blank. Oh, uh, Fangio, not a Fangio. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Broncos have had their fair share of struggles over the past few seasons. I believe it's been like six seasons since they've had really any success. So also not a big surprise. Um, but yeah, the one that got me this morning and... Um, Normally, people let me know when stuff like this happens, but I pulled out my phone and it had dropped like 10 minutes prior. And yeah, uh, Brian Flores, uh, Miami Dolphins coach, after sweeping the, the Patriots, my Patriots this year, yeah. I think he was four and two against the Pats in his career, had a winning record the last yep. two seasons. I believe he was like 19 or 21 and 14, something like that. You know, really good, really good teams. Um, they struggled this year, started one and seven, but the finish, eight and one. I mean, what a run if you're a Dolphins fan. What a, what a run for the Dolphins themselves. I just don't understand it, Joe. I know you probably have like an hour worth of content <laughs> to talk about, so I'll let you take the one on that. Um, but yeah, I just that one blew me away. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try to keep it short. I don't want to get like like you said. I could probably talk for an hour on this, and I've been going through it in my mind all day. I got the the news dropped early in the morning at work, and I and I got them got the notification. And like, I was like, I had to read it multiple times. I was like, what? And like, I, I thought Brian Flores was safe after, especially after, like you said, sweeping the Patriots. I was expecting to come onto this podcast, have a little fun, do a little dance. The Patriots got swept by the Dolphins. Sure, they're in the playoffs. Dolphins aren't. I thought I could come in here, talk a little crap, you know, oh, you know, just, you know, I don't know, have a little enjoyment. But, you know, in typical Dolphins fan fashion, I can't be happy for even 24 full hours before the Dolphins franchise goes out and does something mind-numbing. And I, I'm upset. I'm not going to lie. I'm upset. And I've been upset all day. Uh, and when the news first dropped, I wasn't, like, I was trying to stay positive about it. I was stunned, honestly stunned about it. Uh, but then the, you know, I thought, okay, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh is the guy I wanted. If Brian Flores is gone, I wanted him to go, go get Jim Harbaugh, bring in Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. I was like, okay, maybe we can get there. And then it started to come out that they're not interested in Jim Harbaugh. And it just seems like they have no plan whatsoever. So to me, listen, I know Brian Flores, he, he's not the greatest coach of all time. Like people are acting like, like the Dolphins fired Vince Lombardi. Uh, that didn't happen. 
you know, Brian Flores is a good coach. I really do think he's a good coach. I think the reason that he got fired is because of a lot of a lot of politics, a lot of uh, infighting within the Dolphins organization. And he just seems like a rude guy. Uh, to me, the most discouraging thing is it just seems like, once again, like the last 20 years, this Dolphins team has no path. They have no plan. They seem directionless. I don't know where they're going. This guy brought you two win- back-to-back winning seasons for the first time since the early 2000s. Like, it just doesn't happen. This team hasn't... I re- realize he didn't make the playoffs. He hasn't made the playoffs. And he's been a disappointment at times. So I'm not going to act like, you know, we fired the greatest coach of all time. But to me, it's just the lack of a plan. If you wanted to fire Brian Flores, I understand. But have somebody in place. Have somebody in mind right now. And then also, get rid of Chris Greer, the GM that's been in Miami Dolphins organization for 20-plus years. He's still there. He gets to stay there, which doesn't make any sense to me. And to me, I don't know, it just seems like now that Deshaun Watson news seems to be basically done because Brian Flores was the guy that wanted Deshaun Watson. So it looks like Tua's going to be the quarterback, and I very much soured on that. So to me, I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm not excited. I'm not happy. I don't know who they're going to bring in that's a better head coach than Brian Flores if it's not Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Like, who who are they going to bring in? Who's who's a coach that I should feel good about, Mike? Who's a coach that I should feel good about them potentially hiring? I mean, there's only one, Joe. There's only one I can say the franchise. I would say uh, <clears throat> Bill O'Brien. Oh, I think he would fit God. in. He'd fit in so well. No, really, <laughs> I've, I've, thought of, I've thought this uh, through... It's so tough. Like all the firings that have happened with Matt Nagy, Zimmer, Flores, Fangio. I've heard talks of the Pats Gerard Mayo could be going some places to interview. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think he's done that good of a job this year to deserve that. Um, really, I, I honestly can't tell you. Um, uh, I mean, Todd Bowles, defense coordinator for the Bucks, Byron Leftwich, their offense coordinator. Who's the OC for the the Chiefs? He was supposed to get one last year. Eric the uh, enemy. Yeah, I mean maybe, um, but really, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean Darrell Bavell, but he failed so bad in Seattle, and then has won like one game now with Jacksonville. Um, really, there's not much out there. I mean, unless you yeah. want Urban Meyer coaching the Dolphins. Oh uh, no, I'm okay on that. On that, uh, it's just I, I, I again, I don't want to be too long on this, but it just feels like. I don't know. I'm just I'm just so discouraged because it seems like Tua somehow won this power struggle and the biggest reason why Brian Flores was fired is because he didn't get along with certain players and one of those players allegedly happened to be Tua and they didn't get along with each other and to me it just seems like this franchise now that Brian Flores is gone they're just going to be content probably with moving on with Tua for another year and to me it just seems like we're going to be spinning our tires for another half decade with this guy like we did with Ryan Tannehill for seven seasons or whatever it was. I just, I don't know, man. I got, I got two things for you, Joe. One, what if uh, Steve Belichick comes to, to Miami? What if, what if he gets an interview there somehow and then you get a Belichick in there, maybe changes everything? I've, um, I'm well, good, well, man. <laughs> I'm no, good on I'm the Belichick kidding. tree for now. Uh, it's just a joke. No, this one's more serious. Do you think... Um, Kyler Murray, like that whole situation in Arizona where um, Cliff Kingsbury took over, they had Josh Rosen, and then Kyler Murray comes into the draft the following year. He then disregards his first or their first round pick from the year prior and goes after Kyler Murray. Do you think that 
Brian Flores was kind of trying to do something similar. Like he saw the success over there. Like, hey, even though Tua was a first round pick or a second round pick, whatever he was, um, maybe get a you know more talented quarterback into Sean Watson, and that would completely change the franchise around. Like, you know, do you think that that maybe played a role Absolutely. seeing someone succeed? To me, and I think that was the most redeeming part of Brian Flores is, and I don't want to hate on Tua. I don't think Tua is a terrible quarterback. I don't think that he sucks. I think that, and I was the biggest Tua fan in the world. I have his jersey hanging in my closet right now, so I don't, I don't want to be accused of being a a Tua hater. But I think Brian Flores, and I hope that Stephen Ross and 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 Chris Greer have have been able to see see this as well. That that Tua, he's he's just not the guy that's going to take you over the top right now. Will he ever develop into it? I don't know. But with a championship level defense, and you know, this is a good team. This team has talent. If you bring in a, 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 a an elite quarterback to this team, this team can be a legit playoff contender, a, maybe potentially a Super Bowl contender. You know, and compete for that division to to, to win the division title. And I think that's what Brian Flores saw. He's like, okay, Tua's not the guy. We need a guy that's going to take us over the top. And I think absolutely that the Kyler Murray and, and Josh Rosen situation has, has changed the way that we handle young quarterbacks in the NFL. And is it totally fair? No, it's not really totally fair. And I'm t- But I'm tired of excuses when it comes to Tua. And, and I keep coming back to Tua. I know this is about Brian Flores and, and all that. But to me, I'm tired of the excuses, man. Like people say, oh, he has a terrible offensive line. I agree 100%. And it's very hard to judge Tua based on the offensive line. However, you know who, who has two of the worst offensive lines in the NFL? The Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know what their their quarterbacks from that exact same draft class are doing? They're MVP candidates. And Tua has not been anywhere close to an MVP candidate. They're guys that are rising above, and Tua hasn't shown me that yet. So to me, it seems like Brian Flores was a scapegoat for Chris Greer, for for Tua failing again this year. I mean, failing seems harsh. I mean, he's had a couple games, but he's just he's not there yet. He's not he's not a franchise quarterback, and Brian Flores was a scapegoat. This is the best, you know, as, as much as I, I say Brian Flores is not the greatest coach of all time or whatever and all that, he's the best coach I've ever had, like, since I've really been watching NFL football. Uh, and I, I've been engaged in, in this team. So to me, it's it's just discouraging to see a team that it seems like, you know, things are moving in the right direction. We go on this huge win streak and you beat the Patriots and you can finally like, hey, there's some there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We can we can build something here. And now it just seems like we're starting over again. And that's the most frustrating part to me. We're going to spin our tires with an average quarterback that's probably less talented than the last quarterback we had. Uh, and we're going to try to build guys around him. And, you know, I'm just going to say one last thing. Uh, about Tua because I'm bringing him up too much in this discussion, but if if a quarterback needs everything around him to be 100% perfect, that guy's probably not an elite quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. As you know, the the excuses keep coming up. Oh, Tua doesn't have the best offensive line. He doesn't have the best receivers. Well, you know what? Good quarterbacks rise above that. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won a game against the hottest team in the NFL this year, missing half of his team. And, you know, good quarterbacks rise above, and I haven't seen that yet. And Brian Flores, I think he's going to find a job somewhere else. He'll probably be a, a good NFL coach. Uh, and he's, I, I hope I hope and pray he does not end up back on the Patriots and sending zero blitzes at a, at a terrified Tua next year when we got freaking Todd Bowles as our stinking head coach or whatever. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm feeling very negative right now, Mike. We should probably move on before, before I, get, I get too angry. 
Nah, dude, I, I agree. I agree. I would do like to, I would like to talk about one more thing. I have. Um, I don't know if he has been fired yet, but I believe a coach that will get fired before the season's over and should get fired is Joe Judge on the uh, New York Giants. Okay. Um, they've done absolutely nothing since he's taken over. I've heard that a lot of players in that locker room are not fans. And not what really sold Judge. me. I mean, right, right. Well, <laughs> what really sold me was the uh, the third and nine um, oh, in their own like goal line, basically. And they ran a quarterback sneak. And I was just like, <laughs> and it was early in the game, too. It wasn't just like yeah. four minutes left in the game, whatever. No, it was early. I just don't understand. And I don't think he's the right guy over there. I think they need to also rebuild and get things going. But um, that's, yeah, it's, when it comes to the coaches, seems- I think that. It seems like right cool. now the Giants are are gonna stick with Joe Judge. I, I it, that could change by the time this is uploaded, but as of right now, it seems like they're sticking with him. Uh, general Manager Dave Gettleman uh, has retired, so they'll be looking for a new GM. Uh, other jobs that could potentially come available: Pete Carroll in Seattle. That seemed like that was yeah. a done deal a few weeks ago, but now it seems like he could potentially stay there. Um, you know, just a cu- there's a couple other jobs like like uh, we're gonna have to wait to see what happens with the Raiders job. But Mike, out of all the available jobs right now, I'm wondering which one do you think is the best opening? If you were a a young hot, you know, and I mean you are young and hot, obviously. But if you're a young hot oh, NFL coach, <laughs> if you're a young hot NFL coach, uh, which one of these openings are you jumping at? Which one do you think is the best job opening? Um. I mean, at the top of my head, I would have, I'd almost have to say Miami because even though they do have a lot going on, um, their defense and they do have a decent offense. I feel like one or two more pieces. And like you said, I don't think Tua is the, um, is the problem solver. I don't think he is the cure, but you know, they could, they could make a run maybe to the playoffs. Um, they have talent and Hey, you know, uh, before Flores got fired, I thought maybe they'd make a run at Aaron Rodgers because there's been that whole thing this this season. Um, and I mean, like I said, they have a good team. So I think the Dolphins, they're, uh, they'd be number one on my radar. Um, number two, maybe the Vikings. Because I mean, the Vikings, again, had a great team this year. I felt like they had a really solid team. They just they just got out coached there in the end of games constantly. And I don't know. Actually, you know, I don't even know if it's out coached. I feel like their coach is just, you know... Did it, they burn themselves to the ground? So I don't know, um, but I would. I think I'd have to go with the uh, the Dolphins, Joe. Uh, what's your uh, What's your take on who? Where would you like to land? You as your young hot self over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Dolphins are are there. Like like you talk about, their defense is good. I think they have some. You know, this last draft class. I'll give Chris Gear credit. You know, for as as harsh as I have been on him. This last dra- this last draft class, he did a pretty incredible job with. He's got three studs, uh, but I don't know. I think the Broncos Broncos are a decent team. Honestly, I think the Broncos have some pieces in place. I think they're a team that they're just lacking that quarterback. I think the Bears are interesting because they have that quarterback. I like Justin Fields. You know, I like Justin Fields. I've always been a big Justin Fields guy, uh, so I I would be intrigued by that. But yeah, I think the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings, all the stuff that they have there. I mean, come on, they got. Get rid of Kirk Cousins. Let's let's get him out of the picture. If I'm a head coach, I want I want a different quarterback if I'm going in there. But Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's players there. I know their offensive line is not the best, but they have some players on defense. You know, you got De- Daniel Hunter in there, Harrison Smith. 
there's there's some there's some real players, Eric Kendricks. So I think to me, yeah, the Vikings would probably be number one. Dolphins would probably be up there, maybe number two. And I think the Broncos are an interesting team as well. And and the Raiders, Raiders, you know, they're in the playoffs right now. If that job becomes available, that's another good job. But uh, we'll 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 push that to the side, and we'll have plenty of time to discuss all the coaching hirings and firings in the upcoming weeks. But, Mike, I want to talk a little bit about this past week in the NFL season. And we, and we talked about the craziness of what was week 18. Um, and the craziness really started. We, we knew that in order for there to be complete chaos, what we needed was the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans to, to upset one of their division rivals and in the Texans, you know, they, they put up a huge effort. They, they, they nearly came back against the Titans, but the Titans pulled that game out. But the Jacksonville Jaguars not only beat and eliminated, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, but they, dare I say, shellacked the Indianapolis Colts in a win and end game for the Colts one of the most embarrassing games I have ever witnessed for a team. I just, I, I woke up that Monday morning and I, and I told, you know, I, I texted my, my, my buddy Joel and I was like, man, I'm so happy to not be a Colts fan this morning. Mike, I just, I don't even, I don't even know where to start with, with the Indianapolis Colts right now. Joe, to be honest, I wouldn't even, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not fair at all to, to say they, they got schlacked. Um, worst part of it, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars just destroyed a franchise, to be honest. I mean, it's overreaction Monday, as it always is. If you think about it now, you got all these Colts fans and probably team uh, players questioning, is Carson Wentz still the guy? Oh, yeah. Um, is Frank Reich still the guy? They got Jonathan Taylor. I feel like they have a good O-line, a pretty pretty well-established O-line. Their defense gave up 26 points and let Trevor Lawrence dance all over them. And I mean, the Jags got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots a week prior, like shut out, dominated. And for them to do that to the Colts' defense, now that defense is questioning themselves. Like, yeah, dare I say it, Joe? I don't. I mean, the Colts, Colts. I don't know where we're going to be at next year with the Colts. Um, but yeah. I knew it going in. I told so many people like the Colts are going to win this game, but if the Jags win, I would not be surprised at all if I wake up Monday morning and they're, they're winners. Um, and to see it happen, I was like, wow, I, I felt bad after the game was over. Cause I kind of wanted to see the Colts in the playoffs. I wanted to see them um, mess with some teams, but after seeing them lose, I was like, yeah, if that's the team that would have been in the playoffs, yeah, I'm glad they're not in the playoffs. They did not deserve to be in the playoffs. It's crazy because just a few weeks ago, me and you were talking about how they're peaking at the right time. They're heating up. Yep. Jonathan Taylor's playing great. You know, uh, Carson Wentz is playing uneven football, but, you know, he plays good once in a while. And just like that, the last two weeks, a loss to the Raiders, disappointing loss to the Raiders, and then an embarrassing loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's so many questions now for this Colts team. Where do you go from here? Will Carson Wentz be the quarterback there next year? Uh, will they go out and try to get a different quarterback? It seems like some of the big names, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers seeming more and more likely like he's going to stay in Green Bay. Russell Wilson, yeah. you know, seeming more and more likely like he's going to stay in Seattle. But who knows, you know, what the future holds for for the quarterback position in Indianapolis. And it's just this, just such a disheartening loss. But... What this loss did was it completely opened up uh, a couple playoff spots in the AFC. The Colts were 
all but eliminated after this game, and it opened up uh, spots for potentially the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Steelers end up beating the Baltimore Ravens uh, in, in an overtime game, so you know, Pittsburgh gets that win there. And then later on, uh, in a game that was, I mean... The the final game of Week 18, and Mike, we were talking about this earlier uh, before we started recording. One of the best games I have ever been I have ever been witness to, Mike. This game, Sunday Night Football, Chargers, uh, Raiders. I mean, what even is there to say about about this game? It was incredible. I uh, I watched only the fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter, and then overtime. And, you know, going into the game, everyone's saying they're just going to, it's going to be a tie. They're going to do whatever it takes to tie. And from when I started watching, oh my goodness, did it get good. Um, you know, the Raiders felt like they had control the entire, the entire quarter till there till the end. And then the Chargers made a bit of a run. You know, you get to that, that final drive and, uh, well, the, the Chargers needed to score, put up two point conversion. They got it. Um, I believe they then stopped um, stopped the, the Raiders so they get the ball back. Now they need to score a touchdown, go down, and I think they converted four or five fourth down conversions. The receivers, like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and I believe there's two other receivers, they just, Jared Cook, could not hold on to the ball on first, second, and third down. But when fourth down hit, I mean, it was like, okay, it's time to go. And they converted yeah. four or five times on that drive. I believe it was a two, a little over two minute drive that took like 25 to 30 minutes of real time. Yeah. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Um, on top of that, we go to overtime, Joe. Um, I'll let you kind of set the scene. I've talked about the basically the fourth quarter. I'll let you kind of set the scene of what happened to overtime. But I mean, absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do want to, uh, you know, say that final drive there for the Raider, uh, for the Chargers rather was insane. I mean, er, like you talked about early on, it looked like the Raiders were going to run away with this game. I almost went to bed. I was like, okay, the Raiders win this game. They're running away with it. And then the Chargers, you know, inch their way back in. They get a two-point conversion the drive before to make it a seven-point game. And I think they converted on on three or four fourth and tens yeah. on that final drive. It was insane. Justin Herbert was playing out of his mind late in that game, in that fourth quarter. That was just incredible. And then we get to overtime, and I th- uh, the, the Raiders win the toss, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, they, they drive down the field. They end up kicking a field goal. I think, I think they've kicked a field goal. Yeah, they kicked a field goal. The Chargers then get the ball back. They march down the field. They have a huge play. I think it was to Jared Cook. Jared yep. Cook had himself like a, a huge 30, 40-yarder. Yep, nearly broke it off for a touch, and I thought it was over at that point. I was like, oh, shoot. They're gonna go. They're gonna go down the field and, and and score. But they end up just kicking a field goal, and the Raiders get the ball back. Time's ticking down, and that's when it starts to click in. I think in everybody's mind, it's like, oh my gosh, this game might really end in a tie. And for those of you that don't know, if if the game had ended in a tie, both those teams would have made the playoffs, uh, and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been eliminated. Did you see the? Did you see the, oh, see the Steelers fan that was dude, at, the Steelers at the fan, game? I, he was loving it until that overtime. Then he was just—he yeah. was like, "I can no, 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 no." Yep, it was that was so funny. It was like you were getting an insight. You were getting like an insight to all of Pittsburgh right there by looking yeah. at that one dude. 
He was like so happy during regular during the uh, regulation. He's just like celebrating happy, and then he gets to overtime, and it's like thirty-two, thirty-two, and it's like this game's really gonna tie. And he's just, I mean, he's on death's uh, he's doorstep miserable. there in that he's overtime. He's miserable. He's miserable. And so the, the 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 Raiders are driving down the field. They get to around midfield, and Josh Jacobs is just punishing the Los Angeles Chargers. Shout out to Josh Jacobs. He was massive in this game he stepped up so big down the stretch just huge runs and the chargers uh what were your thoughts on a lot of controversy around i believe it was third and four or something like that uh brandon staley you know with time clicking ticking down you know five seconds left on the play clock i believe there was around 30 30, seconds left 38 Seconds. 38 seconds left. Yeah, I'm going to take your word for it. He calls a timeout when it looked like, honestly, at that point, it looked like the Raiders were potentially just going to run out the clock and go for the tie. What were your thoughts on Brandon Staley calling that timeout? Do you think it was a big deal? Do you think it was a you know, a game-deciding decision? Or, or what were your thoughts on that? I don't think it was game-deciding at all because what people I don't think are realizing is um, at that moment, it would have been a 57-yard field goal from where they were at. Um, I believe they were at, what would that put them at? Like the 40 yard line. I think they were at like the 40, 41. So it would have been like between the 57, 58 yard field goal, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, they called a timeout. Uh, I was confused at first cause I was like, huh? But then if you, if you listen to both sides, like they were, uh, the Raiders were going to run the ball and the chargers didn't have their run stopping package out there. So I believe Staley wanted to send the the run stopping package out, which if you look at the formation now, the Raiders it, it felt like they got a better run play like um, out of it. So I think that hurt them. Um, but at the same time, Daniel Carlson has one of the biggest legs in the NFL. Dude, that guy. I do a not beast. think. Yeah, he's a monster, and like, yeah, he got it. There was a few close calls there in the game, but I honestly think if uh, even if they would have given up one or two yards, and it would have been a fifty-five, fifty-six yard or whatever it would have been. Um, he's making it. I do not because oh, yeah. they're gonna send. I think they're gonna send him out there regardless. Um, they're oh, gonna yeah. let the time run down to one or two seconds. Just like okay, we make it, we win. If not, we go to the playoffs. Whatever. Um, so I think that I don't think the timeout really affected anything. I think that Carlson was gonna make the kick regardless. And I mean, like you said, Jacobs was punishing that that uh that defense all day. So I don't. I think if they don't call the timeout, he's running for ten, fifteen, just like he did. I don't think they're gonna stop him. Um, unless their plan was to just run around for a couple seconds, the Raiders have said it. They were going for it. You know, they weren't gonna. They, you know, the goal is to to win, not tie. Yeah. If they tie that game, they're playing Kansas City, Joe. They yep. win. They're playing Cincinnati. I know both matchups aren't like you know you want either one because both teams are playing really hot. But I, I mean, they got pummeled by the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. I would not want to mm-hmm. play Kansas City. Um, and so, I mean, in their eyes, they were probably, they wanted to win. They didn't want to tie. Yep. And as a Chargers I thought, fan. I thought that was so overblown, man. The The whole timeout yeah. thing was so overblown. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the Raiders were not going to kneel the ball down. They weren't going to run out the clock. Like they, they were going to, they were going to try to win against a division rival. So to me, like the whole timeout thing is so overblown. Like you're saying, like they would have attempted the field goal regardless. I don't care what. Derek Carr saying after after the post game or whatever. And speaking of Derek Carr, he made some freaking throws down the stretch too in that overtime, wow. especially like he was just throwing dimes. He he struggled a little bit during the during the during the game, but 
when it got down to crunch time, he was throwing some dots too. But yeah, I, I think that 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 whole thing was overblown, and it was just you know why why would the Raiders have now just not tried to win when they tried to win the entire game? So yeah, I thought that was a little overblown. Hundred percent. You know, like I was gonna say, as a Chargers fan, it is sad. Um, you know, you're out of the playoffs now. You could see it. You know, in the Chargers players' eyes, like they were, they seemed to be pretty. You know, beaten. Like they were like, wow, we just yep. gave everything. Justin Herbert, especially. Give that man the MVP award. I know, you know, they didn't play the greatest this year. Uh, I believe they finished nine and eight, but wow, they're in that game. He played lights out. Like the to set up overtime, or it was a drive before, it was a fourth and twenty one from like their twenty three and he yeah. throws a touchdown pass. That was I mean one of the biggest throws of the entire season. I, I mean Justin mean, Herbert, he he really shined this season. So if you're a Chargers fan, I know that Staley was all about analytics, and I think that came to, to haunt him now um, in this final game. But you have a lot to look forward to. Their defense isn't that great. Their O-line struggled. It struggled a lot. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, going to next year, build up a little bit. I think the Chargers are a team to, to reckon with again, especially if Justin Herbert can continue to play like he has. Like, man, is it going to be fun watching him for the next few years? Yep, 100%. And they just got to fix that defense, man. That defense, Brandon Staley came in as a defensive coach. They got wrecked by Jonathan Taylor, or sorry, not Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs there down the stretch. Uh, you know, that's 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 not a good look. Not a good look for, for that defense. But that that settled the AFC. So the Colts were eliminated. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers, somehow, some way, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the in, in the AFC side of the playoffs. Then you have the the Raiders also in the playoffs. Um and uh yeah that that wrapped up kind of the final two seeds there uh in the AFC playoffs. But why don't we move over to the NFC a little bit and some of the some of the matchups that we saw this weekend. And I want to start things off with with a big I mean one, one another incredible game. A game that came right down to the wire and it was a game that looked like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, early on, and it was the Rams versus the uh, the Rams versus the uh, what am I blanking? The Rams versus the 49ers. 49ers there need you to go, win. Joe. For, thank you. The 49ers need to win to get in to the playoffs. And it started off all Rams. The Rams were up. Uh, what were they up? Like 17 nothing in this game. Um, 17 to three yeah. at yep. half. So it was yep. it was all Rams, and then the 49ers start storming back, uh, and and they end up bringing the game to overtime and, and winning that thing in overtime. So the 49ers clinch uh, a playoff spot. That was a hype game. I mean, that game was pretty incredible, Mike. What are your you have any takeaways from from this game? Not a whole lot. Um, I was rooting for the Niners because I did not want to see the Saints in the playoffs. <laughs> Um, not that I hate the Saints, but their team has been all over the place. I do not think that they would do much damage in the playoffs, so I just don't think they'd be a fun team to watch. Um, yeah. So I was rooting for the Niners. I I mean, I don't think you should be out there celebrating in the end zone as a coach with your team being yeah, up 17-0. Like, I love Sean McVay. I think he is by far one of the greatest coaches in the NFL at the moment. Like, I mean, that, that man can coach. Yeah. The Rams have been good the past few seasons, but... I mean, if you're going to give the opposing team extra fuel, um, especially when, you know, it is a division game um, and with playoff implications, you just don't do it. And I feel like from that moment on, that's when uh, that's when the Niners turned it on. I mean, Jimmy G didn't have the greatest game, but, you know, he went 23 for 32, 316 yards and had a touchdown. 
had two picks, but I mean, the Niners are a team you don't want to mess with in the playoffs. Um, you know, I've told people multiple times when it comes to the postseason, records reset. Um, and there's a lot of these scrappy teams, the Niners, the Eagles, um, on the AFC side, you got the Steelers. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to go on and win the Super Bowl, but I mean, these teams that, you know, they have nothing to lose at this point. You know, they're going to, they're going to wreck you and you know, it's going to suck when you've been prepping all year for the playoffs and playing real solid and just get absolutely, you know, blindsided by one of these teams. So it was a good win for the Niners. Like you said, winning you're in, if you're, if you're a Rams fan, I mean, not overly concerning, but Matthew Stafford has really struggled turning the ball over as yep. of late. Um, yep. He's had quite a few interceptions um, over the last couple games. I had the stat pulled up earlier. Um, let me see if I can find it now. Oh, do, do, do. He had, okay, so he had two picks in this game, two picks against the Ravens, three against the Vikings, and one against the Seahawks. So we're talking eight picks over his last four games. So that's two a game. I mean, as a quarterback, you, I mean, if you have two and then you bounce back the next week with zero, I mean, yeah, you're, you're golden. But eight picks in four games, that's, I mean, that's, that's not a stat you want to see. So he's got to really last, sharpen up. That last pick was brutal, too. I mean, he just underthrew Odell by a lot to lose the game there. That was just, yeah, Matthew Stafford's got to step up. Uh, and, and they're playing the, the Cardinals. Get, Yep, they're playing the Cardinals in, in, in the playoffs. We're going to get to that. And the, they got very lucky, too, that the Cardinals actually choked this week, too, losing to yep. the Seattle Seahawks. So the, the despite the loss, the Rams still clinched the NFC West. Uh, they still win that division uh, because the Cardinals, I mean, they're a team that's looking like they are on uh, they're on a, a slippery slope right now. They're losing a lot of games. They're, I think they're 1-4 in their last five games. So... The, the Rams get lucky, but uh, why don't we move over to our playoff predictions? Actually, no, before we do that, we got to do our winners and losers from this week, Mike. I Absolutely, almost, Joe. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Okay. Uh, do you want to start things off or should I start things off with, with, with winners and losers from week 18? I'll, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I can start off, Joe, if you don't mind. All right. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I feel like we're going to have the same loser, so I'll save that one for a second. Um, right. I'm going to go biggest winner this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we've seen them struggle. Right. We've seen them really struggle these past few weeks with consistency. Um, I know they were playing the Eagles backups, and they didn't play. Their starters didn't play the whole game. But if you want something going into playoffs, it's, uh, it's momentum. And let me tell you, Dak Prescott, 295, 21 for 27, and five touchdowns in, uh, in his performance. I mean, Zeke had 87 yards on 18 uh, carries, so not like great, but not bad. And uh, Wilson, um, one of the receivers who will probably be placing, uh, replacing um, uh, Gallup, uh, had 119 yards on five catches and two touchdowns. So that's good to see. So the Cowboys, that's a win they needed going into the playoffs. Like They look good. So I'm gonna say they're they're the biggest winner from this week. They're gonna be going and rolling, and the uh, the biggest loser Joe comes from a game <laughs> that happened in Jacksonville, and it is the Indianapolis Colts. A uh, win and you're in against the worst team in the NFL. I believe they have the number one pick this year in the draft. Yes, they do. And you lose. You choke it away. You give it up. It's over. It's done. Colts are out. They needed a lot to happen after that loss. Didn't happen embarrassing loss for the Colts and just a terrible, terrible way to, to end a season. Yep. I just, 
And it's just <clears throat> they're my loser too. I'll I'll just get right to it. Colts obviously they have, they got to be the biggest loser. I mean I think you can say the Dolphins with the stupid stupidity that's going on with them right now. Although they they picked up a big win against the Patriots, uh you know couldn't ex- enjoy that for very long. But wouldn't say a big win, but we'll say well, it's a win. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um yeah. I mean. Uh, Ask Mac Jones on that on that pick six, but anyways, uh, the the Indianapolis Colts I think obviously have to be the 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 biggest loser. I mean, it's it's not even just that they lost; that's already bad enough. But they wasn't even close. The Jaguars trampled them like it wasn't close from this from the get go. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz he's not that guy, man. He's not that guy. He he can't win these big games. He he just he's not who he used to be. And the Colts are, it's not who the Colts thought they were getting. So that, that's my biggest loser. My biggest winner, I'm going to say the Raiders. The Raiders getting in against a good Chargers team. Uh, all that they've been through this year, uh, John Gruden losing his job, or resigning, you know, in, in disgrace. And then a, I think a week later, Henry Ruggs killing somebody in a car crash. You know, he was a huge part of this team. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just having an interim coach, and we counted them out. I counted them out so many times. We counted them out on this podcast. Many people counted them out. And for them to go in, uh, win probably the f- most fun game I've ever watched. Just so much fun. Uh, you know, to, to, to do that, I got to give them a ton of credit. Uh, that team, they will not quit. Max Crosby, he's awesome. Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Derek Carr, he's a badass. Uh, he made some big time throws down the stretch. So to me, the the Las Vegas Raiders uh, are are my biggest winner from Week 18. But speaking of winners, we're all winners when it's playoff time uh, in the NFL. Mike, we've made it to the playoffs. Uh, we're here. Uh, it's exciting. We have all of the wild card slate now locked in and we're going to go through game by game you know talk about the matchups talk about uh, what we expect to see talk about maybe some key you know matchups whatever and we're going to give you, we're going to give you guys one bold prediction from every wild card game and Mike why don't we start things off with the first game Saturday at 4:30 the Las Vegas Raiders who I just talked about going into Cincinnati to play the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals. And, Mike, uh, I'll, I'll let you take things first off here with the first game. Uh, what is there to say about about this first wild-card game? I honestly think it's going to be the perfect way to open up the wild-card. Uh, I will say super wild-card weekend, Joe. Super, super wild-card weekend. yeah, sorry, super. Yes, yeah, super. Um, because you have the high-flying Bengals, you know, with uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase, um, and then you got a Las Vegas Raiders team is coming off of two big wins, big massive wins. Um, so you got Derek Carr, um, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, um, Ren, Hunter Renfro. Um, I mean, I think this is a great matchup. Uh, I'm honestly very happy to see this matchup because, like I said, you got two um, high-powered teams going up against each other. Going into Cincinnati, it's going to be a little cold, Joe. Um, Raiders have played in... Uh, and indoor stadiums the past two weeks. So uh, it's going to be brutal out there. You know, Cincinnati, like we've heard from, I've heard from many places, they don't have a, an indoor practice facility. They are used oh, really? to this cold weather. They do not. It's, it's pretty well known, I believe, that they are practicing outside all year round, or all year round and it's brutal. Um, so I believe it's going to be a pretty cold game. 
So that'll play lots of effect uh, on the Raiders and Bengals both, I'll say. I think that um, I think it's going to be a closer game than uh, most people are expecting. I really think it's going to be a fun game. I think Joe Burrow, uh, I think it matches up well for him. The defense of the Raiders isn't bad, but isn't great either. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, I believe Derek Carr is going to ca- uh, continue this hot streak. He's been riding and um, the Raiders are... Raiders are going to make it a tough out um, for the Bengals. So I, I, I mean, I can't be happier with this first game matchup. I think it's going to be a really fun game, Joe. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Like Derek Carr versus Joe Burrow, I think could be uh, a really fun duel, a quarterback duel there. And to me, the, the biggest matchup in this game, and, and I, I agree too that I think the Raiders could surprise some people. Uh, I think there's going to be one or two upsets this weekend uh, and that are, people are not going to be expecting. Uh, and this could be one of them. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say who I'm picking yet, but I, I, this this could be one of them. I think the biggest matchup is the Raiders' defensive line against the the Bengals' offensive line. The Bengals have the third most sacks allowed in the NFL this season, and then you have on the other side Max Crosby, who's PFF's uh, second uh, ranked pass rusher. Uh, and he's a guy who's got eight sacks on the season. Then Yannick Ngakwe on the other side, he's got 10 sacks. I mean, that is going to be huge. If 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 they can, you know, blow up the game like they did against Justin Herbert early on this past week, I think that'll be all the difference. And if they can get to Joe Burrow and get in his face early, I think that's going to make a huge difference. And I, I would not be surprised if, you know, if this game comes right down to the wire and I, that, that's going to lead me to my bold prediction. And my bold prediction for this game is that this game will be decided on the final drive of the game. So there will be one final drive, and that drive, whether it's fourth quarter, overtime, whatever, it's going to be decided on the last drive of the game. That's my bold prediction for the, the Raiders versus Bengals. Mike, what's your bold prediction? Joe, um, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, man, my bold prediction, it's bold, Joe. It is massive. I'm going Raiders win. Raiders win by 10 points. Whoa. Yeah. Everyone's home field advantage. We got Cincinnati. They're coming playing. You know, they've been playing amazing this year. But they rested starters going into this week. I, I've seen it time and time again. A young team going into the playoffs, That's resting fair. starters. Their players come out and just perform so poorly. They come off like just cold and it is going to be cold. I believe in Ohio. So I'm going Raiders. I'm going Raiders by 10. They've been playing real hot lately. So, uh, I think, I think this one's going to be a fun one. Uh, who are you picking Joe? Uh, I got the Raiders. Who you got? Yeah, You pick the Raiders. I'm going to stick with the Bengals. I do think I I do Uh like your prediction. I I think that's, that's great, but yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Bengals to win, uh, and I, I think it'll be a close one. Like I said, I think it's going to come down to the last drive of the game. That's my bold prediction. Uh, but why don't we move on to the next game, and it's another AFC game, and it's the third matchup of the season between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. This game will be played uh, on Saturday at 8:15, uh, and this uh, this will be a fun one. This two offenses that I think I've been kind of struggling lately. Two teams that you know, are kind of struggling to find their groove. They're, 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 they're both, you know, playoff bound. And when they've looked good, they've been two of the better teams in the NFL. But I think they've, they've struggled with consistency the last few weeks. 
And to me, two teams that are honestly kind of similar. I, I, I found my felt myself kind of comparing these teams. I feel like they're, they're, they're quite similar. They're two teams with, I think, really, really good defenses. I would say the Patriots defense may be a little better, although I think the Patriots defense has kind of, you know, they've struggled in a few games down the stretch. They struggled stopping the run against the Dolphins this past week. I was stunned to see them get run over by Duke Johnson on multiple occasions, but and then you have the Bills. You know they they've looked like a dominant defense at times. This, you know during during the season, but at times they've been they've been exposed. So uh, you know there are two teams that uh, you know I, I think have have good defenses, have uh, offenses that need to find that groove. And uh, you know the Bills. I think the biggest thing for them is they've in the past few weeks they've 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 developed a little bit of a run game. They didn't have it all season long. And to me, the biggest thing in this game, I think we're gonna see. I think the Bills are gonna let Josh Allen loose when it comes to running the football. Uh, I don't think he's the greatest passer in the NFL, especially at this very moment. I listen. I think he's amazing. Uh, obviously, I'm a Josh Allen hater. I've said it on numerous occasions. I always get accused of it. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a hater. He made one throw this past week that was unbelievable. And he makes one or two of those throws every week. But I think they kind of reel him back when it comes to running the ball, especially during the regular season. I just feel like, Mike, I'd love to know your opinion. I think they're going to let him loose when it comes to playoffs. They're going to say, Josh, go do whatever you need to do to win this game. Yeah, no, Joe, those are all very good points. Um, I will say the Pats were out. Um, Dante Hightower, one of their better uh, run-stopping linebackers. Kyle Duggar, their best tight end um, defensive back. And then also Miles Bryan, I believe his name is, number 41. I believe he's a slot uh, defensive back. So we were out a few cute players. Uh, we'll make excuses. Dolphins destroyed us. Um, but yeah, no, I think this matchup is very entertaining. You got the the one-win uh, Bills and the one-win Pats when it comes to head-to-head matchups this season. And we get the the tiebreaker. Um, I will say experience. We got the Pats. You know they've they've been there, coaching from a coaching standpoint. But players, a lot of young players on that team, Joe. Um, it is in Buffalo where we won the first time. I think that it is supposed to be very cold. I checked it up. I think we're gonna see a lot of running again. A lot of running. Not windy though. Not supposed to be windy. So we will see the ball in the air. Um, I, I think that Allen will get let loose. I believe he'll be running the ball. I don't think Singletary will be that big of an issue. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. I think Mac Jones gets it rolling early and, you know, helps in the, the play action game. And Damian Harris, I believe he's going to have another big game um, as he did the, the previous time they met, uh, as well as uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Pats. I'm going to be a homer here, Joe. I'm taking the Pats in this game. Don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a really close game. Probably a bit more on the low scoring uh, sides of it. Um, but my bold prediction is um, Stefan Diggs under five catches, under 50 yards. Okay. No touchdowns. Right. No touchdowns. JC Jackson. I believe JC Jackson is going to, JC Jackson is going to shut him down. He is going to be non-existent in this game, Joe. Okay. All right. You're picking the the Patriots to win and Stephon Diggs to be shut down. Um, I, I like it. I li- obviously, man. I mean, I, I could have guessed you're gonna pick the Patriots, and I don't blame you. I, I, if my team's in the playoffs, I'm picking them too. I'm gonna pick the Bills. Uh, I think this these two teams are very evenly matched. I I, I think I could very I agree. much see I agree. A, 
I could very much see a world. I mean, it's not at all hard to imagine the Patriots winning this game, and I won't be shocked one bit if the Patriots walk away with a win because I think they're two evenly matched teams. To me, the tiebreaker is just which team has the better quarterback, which team's going to have the quarterback that steps up. And I know, listen, Mac Jones has played well this season. I'm not going to knock him. I'm not going to, you know, all the, I talked a little crap about him earlier on. He's played well, but Josh Allen, to me, is still the better quarterback. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to, you know, crunch time, that's what really, really matters is the quarterback position. Uh, so I think that's going to be the difference maker for the Bills. I'm going to pick the Bills to win this game. In my bold prediction, Mike, this is a, this is a good one here. I'm going to say Josh Allen has more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than Damian Harris in this game. That's right. More rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than Damian Harris. Uh, what are your thoughts on that on that bold prediction? Oh, man, that's uh that's like Doritos bold, my friend. That <laughs> is that is big. Um I could see it happening. It's not going to. Wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if it did, but I, I don't know, Joe. It's bold. It's bold. Uh, yeah, uh, listen, I like it though. Bold, I like man. it a lot. I love it. I love it, Joe. I, I think it's gonna be another fun game on Saturday. I'm so pumped for this weekend's games. Um, but I mean might as well roll over to uh, to the next game, which would be on Sunday. We're going to move on to the NFC side of things. And we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At this point, it's almost just the Tom Brady Buccaneers because there's really no one left um, healthy for them versus the number seven seed Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be a fun matchup, Joe. I think that um, the Eagles uh, match up well um, against the, the Bucs. Everyone's calling me crazy. Um, for what I've said so far uh, about this game. I think that the, the O-line of the Eagles is great. I think it's solid. Um, it matches up well against the, the Bucks, uh pass rush. I think that the Eagles pass defense matches up well right now against the, the offense of the, uh, of the Buccaneers due to the fact that they're missing like almost everybody. If Leonard Fournette comes back somehow off of IR this week, it could change a lot of things, but at the moment... Right now, Tom Brady's got Gronk and he's got Mike Evans, which don't get me wrong, those are massive targets, but he's going to need a lot of help in this game. Jalen Hurts is going to be well-rested. That offense is going to be, you know, fly, Eagles, fly. I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think it's, I think the the Eagles are the team the Bucks didn't want to see, if I'm being honest, Joe. Yeah, I think a lot of people disagree. A lot of people are like, oh, the Eagles are the team that everybody wanted to play. And I understand, like, the Eagles haven't actually beat a winning team this season so a lot of people think they're frauds, but uh, I'm going to give the Eagles respect. I'm going to give them, you know, their due. I, I've been impressed with them, and I and I agree. I, I, I The way I see it is this is either going to be, and I talked to my, my Eagles fan, resident Eagles fan, Joel, and I was like, this is, and he agreed with me, this is either going to be a complete blowout by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Eagles are going to pull out a, a close upset. I don't see anything else in between. I think it, the, the Eagles will either, and we'll know early on, we'll, we'll get a sense early on in this game, I think, if the Eagles are going to hang around. And I think they do match up well. Uh, the one thing that would scare me, though, as, the Eagles, as an Eagles fan, I think they're playing their best football when they're running the ball. And I think, that's, that, I think we can all agree when the Eagles run the ball, that's when they're playing their best. They're the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Only problem is, they're playing against the number three rush defense as far as yards allowed in the NFL. You got Ndama Kinsu, you got Vita Vea, who just signed a big contract extension. Uh, you know, Levante David, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. That's, you know, that's going to be tough. Tough to get that run game going. Uh, and, to, and to me, 
This game's going to be won in the trenches. I mean, I, I, th I think offensive line, both lines on both sides are really good. I mean, the, the Bucks offensive line's awesome. Eagles offensive line's awesome. Probably one of the best in the NFL. Then the Eagles defensive line's awesome. And then the Bucks defensive line, we know they're super good. I, I, you know, just the, this game's won in the trenches. Whatever team's trenches step up, and to me, I, I, I'm, I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. Uh, I know they're the favorite. It's not going out on a limb or anything, but I'm going to pick the Bucks to win. Uh, as much as I would love to see the Eagles pull off an upset here, I'm going to pick them to win. And my bold prediction is that as good as a running team as the Eagles are, I'm going to say the Bucks finish with more rushing yards than the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. That's right. I think, I think the Eagles are going to get behind early, and I think they're going to have to throw... They're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit more than they probably want to. I like it, Joe. I like it. Um, I disagree strongly uh, with that. I think Eagles are winning this game. Wow. And uh, my bold prediction is Tom Brady throws for under 200 yards whoa. and under two touchdowns. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I think the Eagles, they matched up well against them earlier on this season. Um, the game, if, if I'm not wrong, the game came down to a wire. It was 28-22. And this is when the Eagles still weren't, you know, rolling like they were. I think they're going to absolutely just stomp. You know, they're going to just put Brady down. And, you know, Brady has, you know, he's been playing well this season. But, you know, missing a lot of key targets. And, hey, you know, Saturday comes around. A couple of targets get healthy. Like I said, Leonard Fournette all of a sudden comes off IR somehow. You know, stuff changes. I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm making my prediction right now. Brady doesn't throw for 200, doesn't even get two touchdowns, and the Eagles win the game, Joe. That's crazy. Okay, you're going real bold today. I like it. So you have you have the the Raiders beating the Bengals, and now you have the, the Eagles beating the Buccaneers. Uh, I love it. You're going bold, and you're saying Brady's not even going to throw for 200 yards. You're just a an all time Brady hater now, Mike. What is going on? I I did I brought the haterade out, and I did I just can't with Tom Brady. You know, I mean, I love what he did with us in New England. Ever since he's left, I've just noticed these little things about him. I still love him, but you know, I love to hate him at the same time, Joe. All right, all right. Why don't we Why don't we move on to the next game? And it's the Sunday. It's Sunday at four thirty. The second game on Sunday. Uh, of three and it's the this is a really good matchup and i mean all these matchups are really fun this one oh, i mean listen we talked about how much we love the, the cowboys this is a scary matchup i think for the cowboys and it's the san francisco 49ers versus the dallas cowboys uh i'm scared for the dallas cowboys i really am to me this san francisco 49ers team they're a frisky team they're a team i think genuinely if you catch them on the right day they can beat almost anybody in the NFL uh, on the right day. If they get that run game going, if they get you know Jimmy G playing mistake-free football, if they get Debo Samuel doing literally anything they need him to do on the field, he'll probably kick a couple field goals in this game if they need him to. I mean, that guy does literally everything. Um, to me, this is the most likely upset. I know you're picking nothing but upsets. It seems You literally have picked upsets all three games so far, I think. I, I don't know what the line is in the Buffalo game, but I assume... Uh, Bills, I think, by like four. I th yeah, I, th I, th I would assume the Bills are, are the favorite. Uh, but this, is, to me, is the most likely upset. Uh, um, you know, uh, the Niners, to win this game, though, they got to play really well. Because I think the Cowboys, 
the Cowboys showed some things. I know they were playing against the practice squad Eagles, and it's you know it's not like the most impressive win ever, but it's just the kind of win that they needed to get confidence, I think, and to get Dak, Dak Prescott going, get get those juices flowing again. They've been struggling a little bit here and there. Dak Prescott hasn't looked totally healthy, you know, the second half of the season. To me, the Niners, the key for them winning this game is to play keep away from this explosive Dallas Cowboys offense. Get the run game going. Don't turn the ball over. If you're Jimmy G, don't throw interceptions. Don't let Micah Parsons strip the ball. Don't let Trayvon Diggs get one of his 40 interceptions. Uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta keep the ball away from this explosive offense in Dallas. Joe, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's the only way the Niners do have a chance of winning. I think this is, yeah, this is a good matchup both ways. Um, and yeah, the Niners coming off a big win against uh, a division rival in the Rams, now going up against Cowboys. I don't know, Joe. I, I'm feeling really confident in our in our Cowboys this week. Your Dallas Cowboys, I should say. My Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I feel pretty confident in them. I think that they their offense is gonna is gonna light up. I think that they're gonna come out to play. You know, they've they've heard it for years. They've never had you know playoff success, and they're finally gonna put it to rest. And uh, I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to win this game, Joe. And uh, my bold prediction is Dak over 300 yards, and um, I'm gonna say over over three touchdowns. Over three touchdowns. All right, all right. So he has himself a good game. Uh, I like I like that. I'm also gonna pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. Uh, I think the biggest key to this game is the Dallas Cowboys receivers over a a thin kind of weak uh 49ers secondary. I think they could expose them with their you know their big wide receivers. I know Michael Gallup's injured, but they still got Amari Cooper. They still got C.D. Lamb. And my bold prediction in this game is that C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both have over 100 yards receiving in this game. Wow. Both of them. I'm in. Yeah, I I, I think that's what it's going to have to take. I I think they're going to have to expo- they're going to have to throw the ball around the yard to beat this 49ers team in my opinion. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, Joe. I think the only way to stay alive is to get the passing game going. I mean, you could you can give it to Zeke, but I don't think he's going to take over the game in this one. Um, but I guess that puts us at the the was it the Sunday night game? Um, which is the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the seventh seed, barely snuck in Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I will say right off the bat, not a whole lot of matchups to talk about. Um, this <laughs> this Steelers team is very outnumbered here. Yes. Um, going into Kansas City, the offense of the Steelers looks like they've you know they've struggled. Um, it's known Roethlisberger's going in his final season. I am glad to see him in the playoffs. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but. Honestly, the, the Steelers got to get out early and go go hard, go fast. If they can't get their offense rolling fast soon, I mean, at the beginning of the game, they're done. Because this Chiefs team, as we've seen um, this year, they have struggled, but lately they've looked, they've looked, you know, like they're rolling. Um, and so the matchup is not, it, it really is not that great for Pittsburgh, but I'm not counting them out. You know, they, they're, they're always there somehow at the end of the game. Um, TJ Watt had a record, uh, a season with, I believe 21 and a half sacks. He only did it in 15 games. So that defense could be sneaky at times. Maybe, you know, if they, they get a little pressure on Mahomes, it'll, it'll rattle him a little and could throw them off. Uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how that plays out. I'm just going to go ahead and make my pick for the, for the, um, for the game right away, Joe, I'm going to go with the, uh, the chiefs 
And um, my bold prediction is the Pittsburgh Steelers don't even score a touchdown in this game. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I like it. I could totally see that happening. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are outgunned in this game. I think they, they're just happy to be here. Uh, the last time these two teams play, played, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers got blasted 36-10 to 10 by the Chiefs, and that was just in week 16, so not long ago. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the key thing to watch out for, that Tyree Kill injury, hopefully he comes back, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Um, I think TJ Watt, if the Steelers want any chance, he needs to just be an absolute game wrecker. Uh, but yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. No surprise here. My bold prediction, the Chiefs win by at least 21 points in this game. It's going to be... Wow. It's going to be a shellacking. Sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Uh, I think the Chiefs are ready to roll. And so my bold prediction is they win by three touchdowns in this game. Um, and I like and we, that. I like that, Joe. It happens early. It happens early. But... Let's move on to the final game and the first ever Monday night wild card game. Um, super wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend. We have the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Another divisional matchup. These two teams split their playoff or their regular season series 1-1, each picking up a win. Uh, these are two teams that, you know, they've, they've looked like world beaters at times. They've looked like, you know, teams you know, on the brink of collapse at other times, especially the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are 1-4 in their last five games. And Matthew Stafford, you know, you talked about earlier, last three games, three interceptions, two interceptions, two interceptions. To me, the biggest key in this game for, you know, the Rams, Matthew Stafford needs to step the heck up. This guy needs to step up and play you know, like he's a guy, like he's a guy. He's the guy. I mean, they they gave up everything for this guy. He needs to prove that he's actually an upgrade over Jared Goff because guess what? Jared Goff helped take this team to a Super Bowl, you know? Those are lofty expectations, but Matthew Stafford, this team's way better than any team that Jared Goff had around him. You know, then they still got Sean McVay. You need to step up if you're Matthew Stafford. Don't throw interceptions. You know, the Arizona Cardinals have struggled with turnovers a little bit too. Uh, and, you know, I, to me, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a shootout of a game. Uh, Arizona, they need to find that spark. They need to find that spark they had early on in the season. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to find it, but they need, hopefully they get, maybe they get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. I'm not totally sure how that situation's going. But, Mike, what are your thoughts on, on, on this matchup? Really, I, I if if Los Angeles can get out early, I think it plays right into their hands. You know, they have the team. They went out and spent the money. They got to perform. Um, uh, Arizona's been struggling as of late. You know, dealing with injuries and just not playing well. So this is Los Angeles. It's their game. They, I mean, if they play well, it's over. Like you said, don't turn the ball over, and it's you got it. You, you can walk on home. Um, I do think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll actually still be a pretty close game as it was earlier on in the regular season. But I feel like the Rams are just overpowering the Cardinals at the moment. You know, they got the health, they got the players. Um, and so we'll just have to kind of see how that all un, uh, unravels. But I am going to, uh, I'm going to pick the Rams. My bold, uh, my bold prediction, Joe, is uh, Cooper Cup over 150 receiving yards. All right. I think I mean, that they're going to just bold for they're gonna let him Cup? fly. Let's make it bold. 175. Okay, all right. All right, 175. I love it. I'm also going to pick... Let him eat. 
I'm also going to pick the Rams. I'm going to say the Rams win this game. Uh, I think the the Cardinals are just kind of I don't know they're 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 not playing their best football right now. If they were the team that they were at the beginning of the season, maybe they they win this game. But I'm going to say the Rams win. And my bold prediction is this game features five total turnovers. Five turnovers in this game. It's a divisional game. Uh, I think there's going to be some sloppy play. There's going to be some crazy, you know, moments in this game. I think it's going to be a fun one. And, you know, the the Cardinals have struggled with turnovers. Matthew Stafford's really struggled with turnovers. So I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers, a lot of craziness in this game. But that's kind of going to wrap up our uh, our preview of Wild Card Weekend. It's going to wrap up this week's show. Mike, thanks for joining the show again. Oh, dude, um, absolutely. Dude, it's, it's exciting times ahead. It's playoff time. This is what we do it for. This is why we're here. I mean, this is why we talk week in and week out. This is why we overreact is for these games right here. These are the games that really matter. Uh, Mike, before I close the show, you have anything else you want to say uh, before we wrap things up? You know, Joe, it's been a fun season. I've enjoyed it um, from start to finish. Um, and, you know, adding that extra game just made it that much more intense. You know, the playoffs got real, real insane. And uh, the picture of the playoffs got real insane there near the end. You know, couldn't have asked for a better ending to the season, honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, we wrap up the NFL season. We move into the playoffs. Um, and hey, Clay Thompson made it back in the NBA, Joe. Yeah. You know, we got to see we got to see Clay Day. It was pretty epic. Yeah. That was um, fun. So I was in. To be honest, not seeing any Bulls games here as of late. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We did get a win against Wizard, oh, the Wizards uh, four days ago, uh, 130 to 122. Ooh. Um, so we'll have to see how we uh, we just continue to dominate. You know, as a Bulls fan, <laughs> lifelong. You know, Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. LeBron, who? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, no. But honestly, Joe, great NFL season. I am sad that the regular season's over, but I'm excited for the playoffs. Yep we uh, we got a we got a lot of fun football left to be played. Uh, probably the most fun football. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the next round of playoffs after after this, and then we're going to have the Super Bowl down the road. Uh, but until then, for Mike, for producer Joe, JT behind the mic, for myself, uh, we will catch you guys on the next one.